Well, it's a great joy being in the house of God this morning, and I do thank the Lord for allowing us to be here. Thank God for that choir singing, amen, that was good stuff. I'm about ready to take you all on tour with me, amen. I travel a lot here in the States, and I, a lot of churches we go into, we don't hear that good singing, so yeah, I'm, I'm just being truthful this morning. Some people, you, you know, you wonder if heaven doesn't shut up on them, but anyway, that was some good stuff, amen, I do appreciate that. I do thank the Lord for allowing us to be here this morning, and uh, I uh, was just sitting there thinking, you know, I love the way you guys do things around here. You worship, and then you pray. That's good, amen? And he's, he, made a moment, he made a statement a moment ago, if you didn't like the way the choir sounded, you won't like heaven. I tell you what, friend, if you don't like shouting, you ain't going to like heaven either. Right, come on now. You're living in the quietest world you're ever going to live in. And so uh, I, I like it when people say Amen. I like when people say hallelujah. I like when people say hot dog and yahoo too, amen? So yeah, uh, you, love us, you love us to hear that today. But anyway, it's certainly a great joy to be here this morning. Again, thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come. And most of you know me by Tater Man. Most people do. I, my name's not Walter Terrell anymore. I've been dubbed the Tater Man, amen? Been sired the Tater Man. So I think next, next uh, time we get prayer cards made, I'm just going to put Tater Man and the Tater Tots. That's what I'm putting. Don't, don't, don't care about the name. <laughs> but anyway, those of you who don't know who we are, I'm going to have my family to stand up at this time. If y'all would stand up, I don't even know where they're at. Oh, there they are back there. That's the short. You can't see them standing up. Amen. The other one, too. Come on, you too. All right. Uh, up here on front, this is my son, Hunter. Hunter is going to be 17 this year, and I thank God for him. And then in the back in the yellow sweaters, my daughter, Miss Cheyenne. Cheyenne's going to be 18 this year, and she's going to college to be a nurse. And so I do pray for her. Amen. Do, Help her pray about that. Then, uh, then to my far right is my wife, Miss Tammy. Not going to tell you how old she is. I don't want to walk back home today. Amen. And you can be seated, honey. Then, last but not least, one of the most important people in our family is my mom-in-law, Miss Carol. I'm not going to tell how old she is either, because she lives right behind me. But uh, she goes with us now everywhere we go. She, uh, her husband Russell, my father-in-law, went home to be with the Lord back in May of uh, 20. 18, and so uh, she goes with us now, and uh, she's a missionary to the missionaries, amen, and I thank God for my mom-in-law, so no mom-in-law jokes today. I could, but I better not, but anyway, uh, thank you so much, preacher, again, for allowing us to come. Those of you, like I said, we are missionaries to the public, private, alternative schools and children's homes here in America, and now internationally around the world with the Rock of Ages Ministries out of Cleveland, Tennessee. Our sending church is thanks to Calvary Baptist Church over in Elkin, North Carolina, where our pastor is Dr. Jeremy Simpson. But we live in Mayberry RFD for you Andy Griffith fans, amen? We live in the good old Bannertown area. How many of you know where the um, Derby restaurant is? You know where the Derby is? Okay. We live close to there. So that tells you uh, where exactly where you know, we're at in Mayberry. But I'm originally from Westfield. My wife is originally from Pilot. And uh, we, just, we met in, well, actually, she met me on the radio. I uh, got saved uh, 25 years ago, December the 9th, 1994, at a Christmas play called I Dreamed I Searched Heaven for You, just down the road here at Trevon Baptist Church, and then a couple weeks later, they had a radio broadcast, and they asked everybody who got saved that they would come over and give a word of testimony on their broadcast, and so I did, and, and uh, it was my turn to give the, give the uh, testimony, and she heard me on the radio, and she asked her brother, she said, Who's that man with that deep, sexy voice? <laughs> she said, no, I didn't either. 
she just said, Who's, who is that guy with the, with the, with the uh, weird voice? And he, he said, I think his last name is Turtle. Not Tater, but Turtle. She said, he said, if you two ever get married, you'll be called Tammy Turtle. He didn't know we was going to get married. Amen. We, she, we didn't meet each other, but uh, she, was, uh, she was actually in the choir that night, the night I got saved, and she was uh, part of the play there. And uh, he introduced us, and then about uh, not long after that, we started dating, and then we dated for about three months, and then brother, she broke up with me. Stayed broke up with me for three years, Brother Danny. Then she finally got right with God and married me. Amen. <laughs> and so I tell everybody now, I married my secretary. Amen. She's, she takes care of all my paperwork for me. And, uh, but, yeah, we've been married now for 20 years. We have actually, we have three children. Our first one, Zachariah, he went home to be the Lord about three days after he was born. But, you know, it's like David said, he can't come to where I am, but thank God I can go to where he is. Amen. All because of the blood of the crucified one. It's going to be a glad reunion day when we all get to heaven. Amen. And I thank God for that. We got the promise, and that's why we ought to worship him because of that promise. We have the promise to send our loved ones again who's ever, uh, who's died in the faith. And I thank God uh, for that precious promise found and written in the word of God. All right. Uh, the day, I'm going to look in the book of Acts chapter number 13. The book of Acts in chapter number 13. And as the preacher's already made mention, we do have uh, prayer cards with us today. And if you have any questions about the ministry that God has called us into, please see me after service. I'll be glad to answer those questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'll get my wife to tell you. She knows everything. Amen. But anyway, uh, Brother Danny, Miss Brenda, and JL, and, some, and Brother Travis have been, been very uh, instrumental in, in the schools up here. And I thank God for that. Some, some of the others have come and have been part of the schools here. And I thank God for that. The Lord, right now, preacher, we are in 19 states here in America. What a blessing, amen? I said 19 states. You know, that's almost half of America. That's almost half of America reaching out to America's young people. And so help us pray that we can get in more, amen? We need to get in more states. We got, we got states that's ready for us to come, but the labor is a few. It's like the Bible says, the fields are white, ready to harvest, but the laborers are so very few. So if, uh, if you, Lord's laid it on your heart, maybe you can pray about it and you'd like to be trained to come help us. I promise you we can, we can get you trained and get you going. And uh, hey, there's no telling what God can do right here in Carroll County. Amen? I mean, he could use you to reach the other county. He could, reach you to, he could use you to reach Grayson County. He can use it to reach Allegheny. I know Brother Travis, he goes over to, uh, he, he went to Piney Creek some last year, and, and uh, we're going to try to get him back over there again th this week. Hey, man, we're going to try to work that out for him to start going back over there this week. And Brother Danny, he came over uh, last week uh, to help me in Glade Creek, and we had a good time, didn't we? Hey, man, almost did everything, but pre well, we almost preached, didn't we? The, even the guidance council, she got there and put on some kind of, I, who was it, Brother? I, the Ball Brothers, you know, they were singing about the cross, and man, had it on that, had it on the PowerPoint, she turned the speakers up. I thought we was going to have revival right there in the classroom, amen? It was good. You don't get that everywhere, but I, I tell you what, God, that's the very first county, preacher, that the Lord opened up 11 years ago was Allegheny County. And so here we are now in Carroll County, and we thank the Lord for that. And uh, the more laborers we got, the more schools we can reach for the glory of God. That's what it's all about, amen? I, that's what Paul did. Paul went around, tried to train others to reach more people, and that's what we're doing too. And so do pray about it. 
Pray about going with us sometime. Pray about going with Brother Danny and Miss Brenda. And pray about maybe just sitting in a class for, just for an hour. And also, I was talking to um, Elena a while ago, and um, we're looking at going into a women's prison. You can say amen right there. Amen. You can say amen right there because, hey, they need it too. They do. And so uh, uh, we've we been talking about it. Her and Miss Lydia Carrick are talking about going into a ladies' facility. And so uh, we got one set up in Abingdon, Virginia, that uh, it's gonna be, we're going to be going to in, uh, I think it's June, myself and Brother Jeff Castle. So do help us pray about that. And uh, there, one side is men, one side is, one side is women's prisons. So uh, the Lord has really opened the doors there. We, we got prisons stated all across America. That's how Rock of Ages got started was through a prison ministry back in 1974. Started out as a cassette tape ministry. They would send cassette tapes into the inmates, and they would listen, and now here we are in 2020. We're a worldwide organization. God has done many, many wonderful things in Rock of Ages. If you take notice when you leave today, on the right-hand side, as you go out those doors, there's a banner, and it tells you a little bit about every ministry that Rock of Ages has. We're international. We're stateside, we go to public schools, we go to uh, private schools, alternative, we go to prisons, we go to uh, women's and men's facilities, as well as juvenile facilities, and ladies and gentlemen, the youngest inmate I've seen so far is eight years of age, and it's sad. It's sad that a young man that young in prison, and it shouldn't be that, like that, but unfortunately it is, and we also, we have church planning assistance program that we that we help with so rock of ages does a little bit of everything amen and i just so happen to be in the in the funnest part of it can i put it like that i just so happen to be in the funnest part of it i get to go and be a big kid i'm a big kid anyway whether they like it or not amen i really am but uh anyway do help us pray about that we do have more prayer cards if you so desire to have one okay all right acts chapter number 13 this morning i'm going to read three verses of scripture and those are found in verse number 1, down through verse number 3. Acts chapter 13, verse 1, down through verse number 3. The Word of God says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menean, which has been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work according to I have called them. Let me stop right there and say, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me say it again. I said, I thank God for the precious Holy Ghost of God this morning. You know, preachers talking about a moment ago, you know, uh, worship is one thing and, and praying is another. And brother, we ought to tell God every chance we get just how much He is worth. Worship is telling God how much He is worth. And a lot of times, I'm not bragging on Brother Walter. I'm not bragging on Taterman this morning. But here's how I'll try to end my prayers every time. I'll say, God, thank you for being my father. I'm glad 25 years ago, preacher, I changed daddies. Amen? I thank God 25 years ago, Brother Danny, I went from serving my father the devil to serving the king of kings and the lord of lords. Amen? And I changed daddies. I changed fathers. And so I'll thank God. I thank God for being my father. Then I'll say, Jesus Thank you for being my Savior. Aren't you glad we have a Savior in Jesus? Amen. I mean, friend of mine, he came to this earth. He suffered and he bled and he died. He saved us from our sins. He saved us from eternal hell. Thank God we got a Savior in Jesus Christ. And then I'll end it by saying this. God, thank you for being my Father. 
Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Holy Ghost, thank you for being my God. You know, if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, we'd all be on a, on a, on, in a, on a, on a, uh, what do you call it, on a, on a mouse, uh, not a mouse, what do you call it, a little thing, hamster. We'd be on a hamster wheel. Thank you, Hunter. I heard about it in the corner of my ear, amen. Not in the corner of my ear. But uh, we'd, all be on, we'd all be on a hamster ball, a hamster wheel. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost can guide us. I'm glad He leads us and guides us into all truth. He'll never stir you wrong, amen. If you listen to the Holy Ghost, you're going down the right way. He'll never put you in the wrong direction. I'll say, God, thanks for being my Father. Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Holy Ghost, thank you for being my God. And most of all, thank you for putting up with me like you do. Because I'm a lot to be put up with. Amen? Y'all didn't have to say amen right there. I think my wife would say that, but not you, Miss Brenda. But I'm a lot to put up with. So, hallelujah, friend. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost is my God. And right here we see that the Holy Ghost said, He gave him direction. He gave him instruction. He said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. As I'm going to read for the sake of time this morning, may God add his blessings to the reading of the Word of God here today. Have you ever wondered why the church continues to support missions and send missionaries throughout this land and around the world? I mean, you think about it. They support missions. Churches do. They send out missionaries around the world, and they do so in hopes of spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But why do they do that? I mean, you think about it now. For over 2,000 years, the gospel has been preached, and for way over 2,000 years, and you would think that by now, people would get the old, old story that Jesus saves. You would think that by now people would grab a hold of the fact that, hey, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You would think that by now people would realize and get the message of the old, old story. But believe it or not, friend, there are still people in this world who have never heard the gospel one single time, even right here in America. As a matter of fact, there are still people right here in Virginia who has never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people down in North Carolina who have not heard the gospel one single time. As a matter of fact, uh, in one of my schools in North Carolina, I actually had a student who said, who asked, who is Jesus? Right here in the Bible Belt, where I believe that Virginia and North Carolina and South Carolina, we are the buckle of the Bible Belt, but friend, there are still folk who's never heard of Jesus. Hard to imagine, but believe it or not, it's true. I mean, I don't know how it is in Carroll County, but in Surrey, there's a church on every corner. I mean, they're popping up everywhere. If you get mad at here, you can go to there. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, this church split off of this church and started that church, and that church split off of that church and started that one. I mean, it's just like clicks, amen? I mean, it's unbelievable. Little click here, little click there, here click, there click, everywhere click, click. I mean, it's unbelievable, friend. But you would think that by now, this whole nation would be evangelized and, and they would hear the gospel. But friend, it's not true. There are folk who's never heard Jesus one time. Never heard the name of Jesus. 
And there are just as many young people today as there are old people who need to be saved. And I believe this, if we reach the young people today, we won't have to worry about reaching them tomorrow. They are the church of today. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're not the church of next year. They are the church of today. I look around and I thank God for the young people that are here. But how many more can be in here this morning? If only we'd reach them. There are just, like I said, there are just as many young people as there are older people who need to be saved and hear that there is a heaven again and a hell to shun. And so it is, those of us who are saved by the grace of God, it is your duty, it is my duty to go out and tell them that Jesus saves. It is our duty as a body of born-again believers to make sure that the gospel message is carried out. And so that being said this morning, I want to give you a thought. I want to challenge you this morning. Unusual message for a Sunday morning, but here it is. I want to challenge you this morning, and I want you to ask yourself this question. Why missions? Why is it we have missions? Why is it we send out missionaries? Why is it we pray for missionaries? Why is it that we uh, support missionaries? Why is it that when a, when a family comes, or a man comes, or a, or a single lady comes, and, and they give us a prayer card, why is it we are supposed to pray for them? And by the way, if I give you a prayer card, please pray for us. Don't just take it home and put it up on your refrigerator and forget about it. Or put it in your desk and forget about it. Amen. That's the reason we, they're called prayer cards. Amen. We need your prayers. And just as you need our prayers, we need yours as well. And that's why they call prayer cards. And so this morning, I want to preach on the subject. Why is it we have missions and missionaries? And, and I, you know what? I feel right at home here this morning. I really do. As I told you in Sunday school, I'm just a dumb old country boy from Westville, North Carolina. I preach in small churches. I preach in medium-sized churches. I preach in big churches. I preach in, to congregations as low as five. I preach in congregations as, low, as high as 2,000 before. The bigger the crowd, the more I preach. Hey, man, the smaller crowd gets me nervous, Brother Ethan. They do. You know why? They find all my faults and failures there. But I just, I love old country churches, brother, and I believe, this, I believe we're in a country church this morning. It's kind of like this. Uh, I was, uh, I'll tell you something, then we get in the message. I, I'll preach in any church. It doesn't matter to me. You know, if they're straight, they're, you know, the bad, independent, fundamental Baptists, you know, the King James Bible and all that, I'll preach in them. And there's this one church one time, and they had this funeral. It was an old country church. Didn't have air conditioning at all. And, brother, they had the funeral. It was a black church, okay? And, uh, brother, they, you're talking about worship. Now, they know how to worship, amen? If you've never, never been to a worship service, go to prison sometimes. They may be incarcerated, but brother, they know how to worship God. I mean, they sway and they swing. I mean, they get with it. And this preacher was up there one time, brother. He was, a, he was preaching this dude's funeral. And the guy that he was preaching the funeral for, he, he had a hunch back. And so they had to strap him in. They had to strap him in, the casket, in order to hold him down straight. Brother, they, that guy got to preach in a big way, and he got to, he got to saying something about... Uh, about the Lord, and all of a sudden they go, mm-hmm. I mean, it was getting with it. They started swinging in and swaying, and brother, they was just shouting and praising. You see, they was at a funeral, but more or less it was a celebration service. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden one time, the straps broke on that dude that was inside that casket. And he, which was dead, set up. And you know what happened next? Next thing you know, People started scattering that old country church. They were jumping out the windows, running down the aisle. I mean, they was flying out everywhere. And the next day, the guy, one of the members saw the preacher. He said, preacher, 
Were you scared when that happened? He said, no, sir. Bypassed a few people that were. <laughs> uh, amen. So I'm not scared this morning, but I might pass you. Amen. So why do we have missions? Why is it that the church continues to support missionaries and send them out around the world? Well, number one, let me say, th- let me say this first of all before I get to the points. Do you know that America this morning will spend 60 times as much money on alcohol as a church willing to support missions? It's no wonder America's going to hell in a handbasket. It's no wonder that America is drowning in alcohol because they will spend more money, 60 much more, uh, 60 much time as much more money on, on alcohol as a church willing to support missions. America will spend 18 times as much on pets as a church will on supporting missions. Now listen, I love animals. I really do. I love deers, especially on my plate. I'm sorry, vegetarians. But here's the thing. I mean, you, I mean, you, you, got, you got an animal, you all take care of the animal. Amen? I mean, you ought to. You should not mistreat animals. The Bible does say that a man regardeth the life of his beast. Am I right? Is that what the Bible says? But it's a sad day when the American churches will spend more money on, 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 on taking care of Fifi and Fido than they will sending a missionary out around the world to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, little Fifi gets a toenail broke, you rush him to the veterinarian. I mean, it's sad. I, hey, I've seen, I've seen parents push children away and take the dogs in their lap. I've seen that happen. Give me a Fifi. Give mama some sugar feet. <laughs> Let that dog lick you all in the face. Nasty. That's nasty. Amen. I mean, you don't know where his tongue is being. And when you try to talk to Fifi, his tongue gets in your. I mean, that's nasty. Huh? I mean, we got a little dog at our house. His name's Copper. He's a Yorkie. He's not your normal, he's a Baptist Yorkie. You know why he's a Baptist Yorkie, Ethan? Because he only supposed to weigh eight pounds. That dude weighs about 15 pounds. <laughs> hey, man. He's a Baptist Yorkie. <laughs> we love that little dog. I call him a glorified rat. That's what he looks like, a glorified rat. And he's... I don't know what it is about Yorkies, but they get these knots all over them sometimes. I mean, he feels like, he looks like, feels like a lizard sometimes when you pet him. Got so many knots underneath that fur. And I love that dog. But you know what? I'm not going to let that dog sit in my lap and my son not. My son's bigger than I am, but he, I'll still let him sit in my lap. Amen? But it's a sad day. It's a sad day when America will spend more money on an animal than he will send in missionaries throughout this land and around the world. Let me go ahead and say this. this I'm going to chase the rabbit. It's a sad day when America's more concerned about animals than they are a baby being killed inside the womb of its mother. Now, you want to get my blood boiling, just talk about abortion, amen? I mean, that's still murder in the sight of Almighty God. It really is still murder in the sight of Almighty God. But America will spend more money on animals than a church will in supporting missions. There is one full-time paid Christian worker, talking about pastors or missionaries, evangelists for every 650 Americans. 
6.94% of preachers in the world will preach to only English-speaking people. Every two years, an estimated 105 people will die and step out into eternity. That is two people every second that goes by on the clock. Somebody dies. Somebody dies. Every second, two people will die and step out in eternity. Some will go to heaven, while others go to a crisis eternity in hell. And by the way, let me say this. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged itself without measure. More people are dying and going to hell today than there's ever been before. And we ought to do something to reach them. Most of us want to know what the will of God is, and it can be showed to you or told you by showing you what the will of God is not. He said, what's the will of God for my life, Brother Walter? Tell you, man, I don't know. That's between you and God, but I will tell you this. God does say this in 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. The will of God is for every one of us to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? And so soul winning and missions is the lifeblood of the church. And my aim this morning is that when my hands will no longer work, that the work of my hands will continue to work. That's why we train people to do what we do. So if anything were to happen, the work goes on. Amen? It is, it's just as necessary for men to hear the gospel as it was for Christ to die on a cross. And the only way to change the heathen is for them to hear the unchanging gospel. Let me say it again. The only way to change the heathen is for them to hear the unchanging gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You should give according to your income unless God make your income like you're giving. Hello. And like I said before, millions dying have never heard while millions living never care. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Millions are dying they've never heard, while millions are living never care. They don't care what you know until they know that you care. The goal of the church will not be reached until the unreached have been reached. And so with all this in mind this morning, I want to give you a few reasons why we have missions and why do we send forth missionaries. And let me challenge you this morning to pray for another missionary. Take on another missionary and go with another missionary and pray about becoming a missionary yourself. You say, Brother Walter, I'm not called to preach. So? Not every missionary is called to preach. There's a lady in our ministry right now just starting out. She's from Ohio. She's got a burden to reach the incarcerated women of America. She's not a preacher. God don't, don't call them to preach. But she's still got a burden. She can go teach them, amen. Miss Brenda, I've watched her. Brother, if God called women to preach, she'd be a doozy. I've watched her teaching class, amen. If God called women to preach, my wife would be a big-time evangelist. She preaches a lot at home, amen. But according to the Word of God, we know, what that, we, we know what the Bible says about preachers. But here's the thing. God can still use you no matter who you are. God can use you to win another to Christ. Amy Carmichael, one of the greatest missionaries that's ever been known, was a missionary. And there's many others. 
Corey Tim Boom, like I taught, like I taught in Sunday school this morning. Hey, she went around traveling over sixty different countries, uh, talking and teaching about forgiving your enemies and talking about learning how to forgive one another and learning how, and talking about how God forgave her. I wonder how many folks she reached for the Lord while she was living. I wonder how many folks she's reaching for the Lord while she's dead. You know, the Bible does talk about He being dead yet speaketh. There's still people today who see her story and read her story and watch her story and get saved by the grace of God. So pray about becoming the next missionary. So why is it we send forth missionaries? And let's have a challenge and think about it. Look into the reasons why we have missions. First of all, can I say that, number one, the reason we have missionaries and we send forth missions is because we have a command from God. Matthew chapter number 28, we have a command from God. God commands us in Matthew 28, in verses 18 through 20. I'll turn there and read it to you real quickly. This is actually the verse of Scripture that God used on me to start sending me around the world. He says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. There's a command. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. We have a command from God to send forth missionaries and to pray for missionaries and to support missionaries and to tell others, hey, there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. He says we ought to, that, that go simply means to get up and get moving. Amen. That's what that means. The word, you can't have gospel, the word gospel, that the letters G-O, go. That simply means get up and get moving. Then have, he says teach. We need to disciple them after they get saved. You know why the reason a lot of folk don't stay in church? It's because there's no teaching going on. That's why I'm grateful for, for pastors that teach their, that teach their, the, the, the new church members and, and teach those that just got saved by the grace of God. I've been in church before where you hear no teaching. All you hear is a bunch of opinions. Huh? Come on. Nothing from the Word of God. You hear about what they stand against. You hear about what they want to preach against. You hear about their convictions. You hear about their preferences, but you never hear nothing hardly from the Word of God. That's why I decided many years ago, if it ain't Bible preaching, I don't want to hear it. Amen? Friend, that's the reason a lot of folk don't stay in church, because they're not getting discipled, not getting taught. Did you know Jesus taught more than he ever preached? Greatest teacher ever lived was Jesus himself. Then he says this, baptize. When they need to follow up in the Lord's ordinance of baptism. That doesn't make them saved. Hey, just like I said this morning, get, getting a person baptized does not make them saved. It only, if they go down a wet center, they've not been saved, guess what? They go down a dry center, they come up a wet center. Amen? And like I said this morning, going, uh, getting baptized doesn't make you no more Christian than pulling yourself in the garage makes you a car. Huh? You must be born again. Then he says, teach. He, tells them to, he says again, teach them to observe. Look after the things of God. Find some good folk to follow after. Find you a good godly person to follow around. Amen? Find you a... Hey, let me, let me put it this way. Find you a good godly hero. Like I talked about this morning, having heroes in, uh, as I was growing up. I said, Superman was my hero growing up. Then I became a man and Batman became a hero. Amen? But my greatest hero has been my grandma. 
She was influential with me getting saved. I watched her life. That was a praying woman. That's what a real hero is made of. Amen? Then he says, preach. Now we can preach. He says in Mark chapter 16, verse 5, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach hell hot, heaven sweet, sin black, and Jesus coming back. Hey, you know what, friend? There's been times I've stood in front of public schools and, and miscellaneous. I've stood in front of them. I've seen 500 plus students in the gymnasium. I preached hell hot, heaven sweet, sin black, and Jesus coming back. And thank God 40 plus of them walk the aisle and get saved by the grace of God. That's what it's all about, amen? It's not about my opinion. It's not about my preference. It's not about my conviction. It's all about Jesus. That's what's going to get people saved. Not about what I think you ought to wear, what I think you ought to, how you ought to wear your hair. Thank God I wish I had hair, amen? I don't know though. If I could, if I could grow it back, Hunter, I don't know if I would now or not. I kind of like, I kind of like the chrome dome, Amen? It's a whole lot cooler during the summer months, especially when I go to Africa. Preach, preach it to them. And if they refuse and tell them they're destined, if they refuse salvation, so, and friend, it's our job to tell, not to win. I mean, we are to go out and win them, sure, but hey, if they're not going to get, if, if the Holy Ghost doesn't draw them, we can't make them get saved. Our job is to just tell them. So why do we have missions? Why do we support missionaries and pray for them? Number one, we have a command from God. Number two, we hear a cry from the people. Look with me in Acts chapter number uh, 16 real quickly. The book of Acts chapter number 16. Why do we have missions and support missionaries and pray for them? Number one, we have a command from God. But secondly, this morning, we hear a cry from the people. Verse number nine of Acts 16, the Bible says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. With over 6 billion people in the world, now I believe it's over 7 billion. With over 7 billion people in the world today, there are still those who've never heard from the youngest to the oldest, and they are crying as a man of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, verse 9. They're crying inside, Come over and help us. They may seem tough and cocky on the outside, but do you know that on the inside they're crying out for help? Over in Allegheny County several years ago, there was this young lady, as I was teaching these classes, she was hard-nosed. She was hard-nosed. As a matter of fact, she was dressing goth, black and white, and I mean, she was rough. And she tried to give me a hard time the first few times I was there. But you know what? I kept on loving her, kept on trying to win her, kept on trying to be nice to her. You know, kindness will take you a long way. Kindness never goes wrong to people. I never met anybody yet who did not thank me for kindness. I treated her kindly, and finally, towards the end of the, end of the semester, she started really honing in on some of the lessons I was teaching. And then it came to the point I was teaching on the subject of superstitions. You've seen that lesson before. Preach, I think you might have too, but it talks about superstitious beliefs and, and all this, that, and the other. I mean, she really honed in on it because of some things that was involved in the lesson. And we got to the part about where the Pope passed the law where it required people to say, God bless you. You know, at one time, 
if you didn't say God bless you, you could be fine. Because he believed that if you said God bless you, that was expelling a demon out of your nose. Now, friend, look up here. Brother Walters not one time had any demons up his nose. Plenty of boogers, but never a demon. Amen? Yeah, I know. It sounds good right before you get ready to have lunch, huh? But she really honed in on that, and I made that little joke in her, too, and I saw her kind of laugh out of the corner of my eye. And I could tell she was, she had a hard home life. And I could tell the Lord was dealing with her. You can tell sometimes when God puts people under conviction. Then I noticed she got up, went and talked to the teacher. And after class was over, teacher come up to me real quick. She said, Tater Man, can I see you after class? I said, yes, ma'am. I'll be glad to talk to you. I thought for sure I was in trouble. I didn't said something wrong. And she said, after class was over, she said, Tater Man, Sam here wants to talk to you. I said, Okay. Sam came to me and started pouring her heart out. That hard-nosed girl that gave me a hard time dressed in goth earrings all over her. I mean, looked like death warmed over. She come up and she started crying, Brother Ethan, and poured her heart out to me. Started telling me some things that's going on at home. Her daddy left her. Her mom's into drugs, her brother's into drugs, and she's had a very hard home life. You know what she was doing the whole time I was teaching? She was crying on the inside. Brother Travis, she was wanting help. You know what? I talked to Sam, and guess what happened next? Sam bowed her head and gave her heart to the Lord. Amen? And the next thing I know, Brother Danny, I went back the next month, and I heard that Sam's mom bowed her head and gave her heart to the Lord. And then the next thing I know, her brother got saved by the grace of God. And before you know it, the whole family's in church serving the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, friend of mine, people are crying on the inside. And they need somebody to go and tell that Jesus saves. Amen. Why do we have missions and missionaries? Because, number one, we have a command from God. Number two, we have, a, or number one, we have a command from God. Number two, we have a cry from the people. Number three, why do we have missions and missionaries? We see a concern in hell. Look with me in the book of Luke, chapter number 16, that hell chapter. Book of Luke, chapter number 16, why do we have missions and missionaries? We see a concern in hell. We all know the story. I won't read it all for the sake of time this morning, but the Bible says in verse number 23, the rich man, and in hell he lift up his eyes, bid in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried. Not only do we hear, have a concern in hell, but right there we see a cry from hell. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. For Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Look what he said in verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send them to my father's house. 
For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, that lest they also come to this place of torment. You see what happened there? Lazarus, while burning in the flames of hell, he cried out. But yet, he was still concerned enough that somebody go and tell his brethren not to come to this awful place. Why do we have missions and missionaries? Because, hey, people in hell right now, they're concerned that nobody else come. You say you want to, but I believe it. Friend, if we could pull the lid back on eternity, if we could pull the lid off hell right now, I believe we would hear the cry of Lazarus. I believe we would hear the cry of some of our loved ones who die without the Lord and say, don't come to this awful place. Several years ago in Stokes County at Hanging Rock State Park, I was probably 10, maybe 11 at the time, group of boys decided they was going to go swimming. You know how boys are when we get together, we act crazy. I'm 48 years old, and I still act crazy, amen? Miss Brenda, you can say amen right there. Okay, thank you. And uh, we act, you know, boys act crazy at that age, well, and went to Hanging Rock State Park. as before it became really big, and a group of boys decided to go jump in the water. First boy, he, he takes, takes everything off by the shores, he runs, and he jumps in the water, and he goes under. But when he comes back up, preacher, the boy says, stay back. Don't come in here. Stay back. He goes back under again. He comes back up. Don't jump in here. Do not jump in here. Stay back. Next time he goes under, he comes back up. He's floating. What had happened was this. That young boy jumped in a, in a pool of water moccasins. They latched on him and bit him and poisoned him, and then he died. And he was warning his friends, stay back. Don't jump in here. Don't come in here. Stay back. Friend of mine, if we could hear the cries from hell this morning, we would hear people say, stay back. Victory Baptist Church, Victory Way Baptist Church, tell them not to come to this awful place. Tell them not to... Come to hell. Tell them that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Go send another missionary victory away. Go pray for another one. Support another one. Go be a missionary. Hey, tell them not to come to hell. That's why we have missions and missionaries. We do have a command from God. We do hear a cry from the people. But we also see a concern in hell. You know what, preacher? If anybody ought to be concerned, it's we who are saved by the grace of God that are alive this morning. Hell shouldn't have a bigger burden than us. Hell should not have a greater burden than the church of the living God. But unfortunately, a lot of times, they do. We live every day and not tell people about Jesus. Every day we pass them by, just like in that video earlier. Or they pass us by. I wonder if we pray for them. I wonder if we hand another gospel tract. Why do we have missions and missionaries? Well, I done told you three things. That was the three most important things. We hear a cry from the people. We have a command from God. We see a concern in hell. In Ezekiel, we have a conscience to live with. 
The Bible says, sums it up in Ezekiel 33, verse number 8. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Then the apostle Paul put it like this. He said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul is saying that he can die with a good, clear conscience, knowing he did all he could do to reach others for Jesus. Paul is saying he could die knowing with a clear conscience that he told others about Christ. Ezekiel said it's our job to warn the wicked. If not, their blood will he will be required at our hands. We have a conscience to live with. We have Christ to share, 1 Corinthians 1.23, but we preach Christ crucified. One of the greatest verses in all the Word of God, that we preach Christ. We don't preach Tater Man's opinion. We don't preach man's preference. We don't preach man's conviction. A conviction is what you have between you and God. Amen? But we preach Christ. My conviction's not going to save you. My preference ain't going to save you. I love what the book of Revelation says. In that he loved us and washed us. Did you get that? He loved me first, then he washed me. He didn't say I had to clean up first, Brother Hunter. He didn't, now, watch this. You're not going to believe us, but this is true. Before I got saved, I had long black hair. About as long as yours, Elena. And what wasn't long was bushed out. I mean, I had an afro going on. I could turn my head and my hair would catch up with me later. That's how big it was. And the night I got saved, I was drunk. I had that long black hair. I had on a black leather jacket. Man, I thought I was the stuff. Thought I was the Fonz, hey. And my leather jacket had pretty little tassels. I was in a heavy metal group. I played the drums. I was in a heavy metal group. I had that long black hair, had on a white t-shirt, had on holy blue jeans. And by the way, they were holy not because they were righteous. They were holy because they had holes in them, amen. That was a fad. I'm my 80s child. That was a fad back in the 80s. Hey, but you know what? When I went to church at night, God didn't look on the outward appearance. Man might have did, but God sure didn't. You know what the Word of God says about that? For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks where? On the heart. You know what he did? He loved me first. Didn't care where I was. Didn't care where I've been. Did not care what I looked like. He just loved me anyway. <laughs> Whoop! I said he loved me anyway. I said thank God. He didn't care if I had liquor on my breath. He loved me anyway. Hey man, hot dog and Yahoo too. Aren't you glad, friend, that he loved you anyway? He loved me anyway, and he suffered, he bled, and he died. God, how much he loved me, he said this much, and he stretched out his arms, and he died on the cross. He loved me first, then he washed me. And he made a new creature out of me. That which was on the inside now works its way on the outside, amen? I didn't have to have a preacher to tell me, how to dress and all that stuff. God told me. The Holy Ghost guided me. Amen. 
That's why we have missions and missionaries to tell them, hey, God loves you. He loves you. And so Paul, he said, I can die with a clear conscience knowing that I've done all I could do to tell us about the Lord. Lastly, today, we have Christ to share. We preach Christ crucified. We have a cross to carry. But last of all, we have a crown to win. It's known as a soul winner's crown. First, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 8 says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, and not to me only, but to all that also love his appearing. Church, we have a crown to win for souls that have been won to Christ. Whether you are a missionary or not, you still have a crown to win to, uh, for the Lord so we can cast them back at his feet. And for these reasons this morning, that is why we have missions. That is why we have missionaries. That is why we send them out. That's why you pray for them. That's why we uh, support them. That is why, friend, we must go and tell. Because here's the thing. I do believe the time is at hand. I truly believe, preacher, we're getting closer and closer and closer to Jesus coming back. More so now than ever before. Every second that goes back on that clock, we get closer to his return. So what if it's another 50 years? At least we're closer now than we was yesterday. Huh? So what are, you, what are we, as a body of born good believers, what are we going to do about telling others about him? If you're here this morning and you've been saved by the grace of God, people in hell are concerned. We are concerned. Please don't die and go to hell. Make a life-changing decision that will be the best decision that you'll ever make. That's giving your heart and life to Christ. Thank you so much, preacher. I'm done. If everyone would stand for a moment. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me first talk to you as church members, as born-again Christians. You know you're saved. You know you're on your way to heaven. You already, you're assured of that because you've had a day and a time and a moment where you repented, you changed your mind, and you turned, and you put your trust in the gospel message, the fact that Jesus died for you, was buried and rose again. I want to talk to you first. We have a command. You just shared it. To go tell this world about Jesus. How many of you would just say this? The Lord's burdened me today from the message. I need to be more busy about sharing my faith. How many would say that's me? Many, 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 many hands. How many would say, I can't always go. I, 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 I know I should share and I will share in my limited circle, but I can't go all over the world. I can't do all these things, but the Lord burdened me today. I can certainly support those who can whether by prayer, by giving, so forth. Did y'all know in our offering envelopes and one of the things that's on there, and I don't push this thing, I just think, boy, you can't outgive God, amen. There's a section that says missions. Anything you give and designate on that particular line on goes to support the missionaries you see out in our halls and, and prayerfully even soon, Brother Terrell, amen. Every penny you give goes directly to the field to support these folks who are going. By the way, I believe we're going to see folks in heaven that we've never, ever, ever met, never knew. 
But they're going to know as Jesus knows, and I believe they might even come up to us. I can't prove that in Scripture, but I believe they might even come up. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in heaven because you supported someone who came to my town in my country and told me about Jesus. We get to be a part. This is a partnership. Let me ask you this. How many would be say I've been burdened? Maybe, maybe I need to testify more or witness more or ask that one. Maybe I need to give more and participate more in missions. Somebody would say, Lord's kind of burdened me there today. Many hands, many hands. Amen. Let me encourage you to do that. You, again, I promise you, you can't outgive God. Give a little bit above. Take, um, take a step of faith and watch God bless that. That's why we call it faith giving, faith promise giving. Uh, make a commitment to God, not with me, but to God. Say, God, I'm going to give a little more. I'm going I'm to go a little above and beyond. So, so that folks can go all over, all over this world. We can support more folks going all over this world sharing the gospel. How many would say, I just need to have a bigger concern? That's what the Lord showed me. I get caught up in the daily business, and I just need to have more concern for the lost. How many would just say that, that that was where my burden was? Many, many hands. Listen, Miss Joanne's going to play softly, and this altar's going to be open. I'm going to invite you. Come on, you can pray there in your seat, and I understand that, but I, I believe it. It just seems to sit in a little more. We come to an old-fashioned altar and talk to God. This altar's over. Why don't you come and deal with God? Talk to God. Tell Him, tell him what you're feeling. Tell Him those things you're thinking. While these are coming and praying, I want a, one more question for you if you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you say, I, I'm that person never trusted to the Lord. I'm that person who's never been saved by the grace of God. And I don't I, I, preacher you don't know my past. There's no way God could save me. Can I tell you? He has the power to save this morning. He said how could I How could I know? Can I tell you? Here's what the Bible says. It says that if thou, that's you, shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. That means agree with God. Agree with God that Jesus is indeed who he said he was. He's Lord shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. That's the gospel message. His death is burial and his resurrection. Listen to the promise of scripture. Thou shalt be saved. That's you this morning. You're not sure heaven's your home. You're not sure you've been saved forgiven. Right now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Right there where you stand this morning. I'm going to ask you, listen, I'm going to, ask, I'm going to pray and I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can pray after me, but listen, very carefully, the words of the prayer and praying the prayer aren't going to prayer aren't going to save you. You got to believe. You got to put your full trust in the one we're praying to, the Lord Jesus, to save you. But confession of the mouth is necessary. That's you. You're not sure heaven's your home. You're not sure you've been saved. Can I ask you today? Call upon His name. Do you believe you're a sinner? Do you acknowledge that? Understand that? Do you believe? Jesus died for you and rose from the dead. If you believe that, call upon him right now. Pray something like this from your heart after me this morning. Father God, I confess, I acknowledge, and I agree with you that I am a sinner. Because of my sin, I deserve to be forever separated from you in a place called hell. 
I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. I believe he was buried, and I believe he rose again from the dead. And I'm turning to you now, Lord Jesus. I confess you as my Savior. And by faith I receive free gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head still bowed and eyes still closed, I'm not calling you out. I'm not embarrassing you. I'm not coming to where you are, but, but I do want to pray for you. If today you, you got real with the Lord, today was your day of salvation. Today you asked Him to save you. Today you confessed him. Right now, would you slip your hand up? Preacher, pray for me. Today I ask the Lord to save you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else in the room like that? Today, preacher, I ask the Lord to save you. Glory be unto God. Amen. Christians, you should be praying. We have a gentleman that I wouldn't embarrass him. I won't do that. But we have a gentleman this morning that acknowledged that today he asked the Lord to save him. What should all God's people be saying right now? Amen. <laughs> you know, my Bible says rejoicing amongst the angels. Amen. <laughs> you know who's amongst the angels? Jesus. <laughs> rejoicing there in heaven. My friend, can I challenge you? I just want to talk just for a second with you. The decision you made today, the profession.